Hi, I'm Sister Justine. I'm a loving, devoted follower of Jesus who teaches at the local Catholic school. And Sister Justine has plenty of stories about saints, which she shares with the children to help them in their everyday lives. Relax and listen as we bring you Sister Justine's Saint Tales. Hi everyone, I just wanted to remind you that next week is a big election for student council and I hope you vote for me. You running for council? Really? You're actually running for council? I sure am. You have to admit, this is a surprise. You're usually very quiet. Well, I've been thinking lately while praying that I should try new things and I got the idea. Hey, why not run for student council? Cool, I'll vote for you. I hope you get in. Thanks so much. What makes you think you're good enough to get elected to the council? I think I can do a good job. But you just said you're more quiet. You don't really say much in class, you don't take the lead in student projects, and you certainly aren't a leader in any of the sports we play. Oh. Sorry, but you just don't convince me that you're a strong leader. Hold on there. Hello, Sister Justine. Just because someone doesn't look strong and mighty doesn't mean they aren't. Many of God's great saints were very humble, and perhaps even physically weak, but their minds, spirits, and love of Jesus could not be stronger. One of them even convinced a pope to come back to his proper home. Really? Why, yes. Let me tell you more about this person, St. Catherine of Siena. Catherine de Benincasa was born on March 25, 1347 in Siena, located in what is now central Italy. But back in that time, that part of the land was known as the Republic of Siena. Hello, my father was Jacopo. He was a dyer by trade. His job was to dye fabrics to give them their many colors. My mother, Lapa, was the daughter of a local poet. And her mother gave birth to many, many babies. Catherine was the 23rd of the family's 25 children. Yes, 25 brothers and sisters. Sadly, though, I was one of two twins. My twin sister died very shortly after we were born. Some of my other brothers and sisters also died during childhood. Disease and health problems were common in Europe during the Middle Ages. But despite the many tragedies in her family, Catherine was a happy child. Her parents even gave her the nickname Joy. She was also very special in the eyes of God, as we all are. But there was something more about little Catherine. I had my first visions of Jesus when I was about five or six years old. We were traveling back home after visiting one of my older sisters and her husband and family. While on the return, I saw a clear vision of Jesus Christ. And he wasn't alone. He was seated in a glorious throne and standing with him were some of his disciples, St. Peter, St. Paul, and St. John the Apostle. It was a beautiful sight to see. After that vision, I devoted my whole life to Jesus. Catherine grew up happy, intelligent, and faithful to God. But even at a young age, her parents had their own desires for her. Catherine, our sweet, we wish to marry you to someone important, so you may be someone special. But I already felt committed to God and to Jesus. So I told my family, no, I would not be getting married. Well, okay, Joy, so you're not getting married just yet. Maybe later. No, Mama. Not now, not ever. Not ever? Not ever. I am fully devoted to Jesus. I spent a lot of time alone praying. 
My parents refused to give up on the idea of marrying me away. They saw my being isolated as a problem, so they set me to work doing many chores, much more than they had my brothers and sisters doing. It's for your own good, Catherine. You'll learn discipline and the skills needed to be a happy wife and mother someday. They just didn't take no for an answer. And then, tragedy struck the family once again. When Catherine was the age of 16, her older sister, Bonaventura, died as the result of complications from childbirth. Yes, it was so sad. Her husband was now widowed. But that got my parents thinking again. Oh, Catherine! Um, yes, Mother? As you know, your brother-in-law is now without a wife. God rest your sweet sister's soul. He's a good man, and he still has a family to raise. So your father and I were thinking... Oh no, I know exactly where this is going. We were thinking you would make a great wife, and we'd like you to marry him. No disrespect to my brother-in-law, but I want no part of that. And Catherine went to great lengths to make sure she wouldn't become his romantic interest, or become anyone's romantic interest. I cut my hair shorter... I also fasted a lot and lost weight doing so. Oh, Catherine, how could you do this to yourself? None of the men will find you beautiful now. I also continued to go off alone, just outside the city, to pray a lot. Now listen, every woman is beautiful, no matter what size, shape, haircut, or hair color. That's a great point. But in society, right or wrong, some looks may be considered more appealing than others. I did what I felt I had to do to make myself look less appealing to men in Middle Ages Siena so I could be left alone and remain fully committed to loving Jesus. When Catherine turned 18, she joined the Third Order of St. Dominic, a religious order that allowed her to be a member while continuing to live at home. Well, it looks like we won't be able to convince Catherine to find a husband very well. We'll give her a room where she can be alone to do her praying, and she is to be left alone. Understood? I spent the next three years living in isolation, praying intensely, and corresponding with my fellow order members. I also had many visions of God and Jesus during this time. Jesus loves each one of us, and he loves when you want to communicate with him through prayers. But these visions I was having... These were much more intense. My connection to Jesus was what is known as a mystical marriage. You see, I did get married, just not in the way most people know a marriage to be. When Catherine was 21, her mystical marriage to Jesus led her to reconnect with people. She came out of isolation, went out to meet the poor and the sick, and helped them as much as she could. I gave away much of my own family's food and clothing to those who needed it more than we did. I also fasted a lot, to the point where I often felt sick or hurting. Many times I consumed only the Blessed Sacrament as my sustenance. I didn't ask for permission to do this, so occasionally I had to put up with some criticism and complaints about my behavior. I fully accepted my suffering and the criticisms because I knew in my heart I was doing the right thing taking care of those in need, for they too are God's beloved children. Other people around town took notice of Catherine's deeds, and they too saw the good in her actions. 
They began following her, and they helped her mission to aid the poor and the sick. I also started paying closer attention to the bigger world around me. This was a time in history when cities in Italy were their own states, and I found it important to help make sure that those city-states remained loyal to the Pope. But the Italian city-states were fighting among themselves. One of the city-states, Florence, was in direct conflict with the Pope. In the middle of all this, the French king, who was in a bitter dispute with Pope Boniface VIII, had ordered the Pope to be taken prisoner. After Boniface died, the king led the movement to elect a Pope that would cooperate with his wishes. Over the next several years, the Pope would no longer live in Rome, but instead lived in Avignon, France. The disagreements among popes, kings, and city-states made things an absolute mess. There were rival sides who chose who they thought was the real Pope. Sometimes there were two, or maybe even three, men who claimed to be the legitimate Pope, all at the same time. After spending so much time and effort healing the sick and helping the poor, Catherine felt she needed to help heal her biggest patient yet, the church itself. My reputation had grown so much that I had the attention and respect of Pope Gregory XI. He was living in France, but after meeting with him, I convinced him to move back to Rome and reform the church there. He did so in the year 1376. I had also reached out to the people of Florence, who asked me to make peace with the Pope. Getting Pope Gregory to move back to Rome made that possible. During this time, Catherine was also working with her assistants, who helped her write down a series of messages and prayers. One of these works is a book known as the Dialogue of Divine Providence, describing communication directly with God. When I shared these messages with my assistants, I was in a state of great ecstasy. It was part of my mystical marriage to Jesus. Catherine remained busy in the final years of her life trying to heal the church, which was still hurting and bitterly divided. Pope Gregory XI passed away in the year 1378. His successor was Pope Urban VI. Meanwhile, a rival faction continued to insist that their chosen pope was the real one. While carrying out my ministry, I remained loyal to Pope Urban and urged everyone else to be the same. The church remained bitterly split until the year 1417, when all sides agreed to recognize Martin V as the true pope. But getting back to Catherine's story, all of her work and all of her sacrifice took a great toll on her health. I had fasted and gone without a lot of food over the years, but the priests and my sisters were becoming more worried about me. They urged me to eat normal meals, but I had become so weak that I didn't have the strength to even eat. In the year 1380, at the age of just 33, I suffered a stroke. I died a few days later. My final words to God were similar to the words that Jesus said on his cross. I said, Father, into your hands, I commend my soul and my spirit. Her followers continued working on her letters and messages, finishing some of those books after Catherine's death. They also wrote books about her life. In the early 1400s, people who knew Catherine in her lifetime gathered to begin making the case for her sainthood. In the year 1461, she was canonized by Pope Pius XII. Today, St. Catherine of Siena is the patron saint of many causes, including nurses, those who are ill, fire prevention, the nation of Italy, and all of Europe. That's a great story. Even a humble young woman like St. Catherine of Siena 
who lived much of her early life so quietly in prayer, can make a big difference in the world. Thanks, Sister Justine. I feel a lot better about my decision to run for pseudo council. And I'm sorry I was so quick to judge you like that. I hope you'll forgive me. I already have. You've earned my vote. And you've earned mine. See? Look at all the support you're getting. I think you'll be just fine. Thanks, but Sister Justine, in the meantime, is there a prayer I could say to Jesus in advance of the election? Well, you could offer up this prayer written by St. Catherine of Siena herself. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Draw it to thee by thy power, O my God, and grant me charity with filial fear. Preserve me, O beautiful love, from every evil thought. Warm me, inflame me with thy dear love, and every pain will seem light to me. My Father, my sweet Lord, help me in all my actions. Jesus, love. Jesus, love. Amen. You'd better get to class. Remember, you can make a positive difference, especially when you put your love of Jesus forward. If you never forget that, then I think you'll do well next week. Good luck with the student council election. Thank you, sister. You've been listening to Sister Justine's Saint Tales, created and distributed by the Communications Department of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. The voice talents you heard are Melissa Cumming as Sister Justine, Isaac, Clark, Justice, and Giovanni as the students, Mary Jo Casilio as Saint Catherine of Siena, Tara Potzler as Saint Catherine's mother, and I'm Michael Mrosiak. I was the voice of Saint Catherine's father. I'm also the creator, writer, and producer of this series. Special thanks to St. Joseph University School for their assistance. Thanks to Samuel Francis Johnson and Pixabay for the prayer theme. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to come back for more of Sister Justine's St. Tales.